Today on the Science and Spirituality podcast, Chris and I interviewed a friend of ours, Dan Gomer. So quick intro for him before I share the experience we had. So Dan Gomer is a teacher turned entrepreneur. After leaving the middle school science classroom, he turned his sights to real estate as an investor, a broker, and team leader. After a decade in the real estate game, he has come full circle and is now looking to leverage his life experience and once again teach and inspire others. His purpose in life is driven by a passion to help others discover their most successful self by their definition so that they can create the life of their dreams and make the world a better place in their own unique way. And he's the author of I'm Full of It and So Are You. And he says, let's change the world together. So uh, our conversation with Dan is, as you see in the title, really about how to slow down, especially in our fast-paced world. It was a fascinating conversation about his experience literally just this past summer about how he went to Costa Rica with his family, slowed down for a handful of weeks and realized that there's so much more to life than just working, making money and always being productive or doing something. So it's a fascinating and, and, and interesting conversation that I'd invite you to view. We, we talked a bit about the science of um, what happens when we slow down or like why it's important to slow down. Uh, we didn't, I think, specifically say the spirituality behind this, but I was literally talking with a client about this just today, uh, the, the moment I'm recording this, that nature never hurries. In other words, spirit never hurries. God never hurries. There's no rush. And so when we align ourselves with more of how life moves, then we're more creative, we're more open, more ideas will start to come to us in ways in which we can live more of a fulfilling life or live our purpose, live our dreams. So uh, Dan echoes this and uh, Chris and I had a great conversation with him. Uh, so I hope you get a lot out of this. It was very conversational. Uh, again, a friend of ours. Um, and uh, there's ways to connect with Dan if you resonate with his story and his shares. Uh, you'll hear that at the end. So enjoy the episode and see you soon. Welcome to the Science and Spirituality Podcast, where we dive deep into universal spiritual principles and ground them in modern science. My name is Chris Carden. And my name is Kevin Carden, and we are committed to simplifying the spiritual side of success for you with easy to understand scientific research so you can walk away with practical tools to create radical transformations in your life. Let's get started. So Dan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate you guys having me. Of course, we're excited for this. And yeah. uh, so as we always begin with guests, we'd love to hear your story of how you got to be where you are today and sharing the kind of wisdom that you're going to share with us on this podcast episode. Okay. Well, I was born on April 15th, 1980. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll fast forward a little bit. Um, yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll kind of give the the 10,000 foot view here, but um, I used to be a, a middle school science teacher, did that for about seven years, I coached high school basketball. And, uh, you know, I, I ended up getting out of education because, <clears throat> well, to be totally honest, I wanted to make money, you know what I mean? Like, I was kind of burned out in public education, I was tired of being broke. And I was like, you know what, I'm gonna get into real estate where I can actually make some money. And uh, started the first three years of my real estate career as a fix and flipper, kind of went bust on that whole endeavor and decided, you know what, I've got my license, I help, I'll help other people buy and sell. So I did that for a while, 
very slow to build that side of my business a lot slower than I thought it would be, um, which ultimately led me to uh, to one of the lowest moments in my life where um, I really just kind of broke down, you know, and uh, it was in that time that I, I made this declaration to myself, to the world, to the universe, whatever, that uh, I was tired of being a victim. I wasn't going to do this anymore. I wasn't going to, you know, live in this dark place anymore. I had a wife and two kids. It was time to like make something happen. And so that was when I was about 35. And that kind of slingshotted me forward in my business, my real estate business, because I, I had a very clear intention of where I was going to go. And over the next five, six years, my business nearly doubled every single year after that. So my business really took off. Um, to the point where in 2020, I had a great year, uh, financially speaking, but all I did was work. That is it. I wasn't as present with my kids as I wanted. Um, when I was with them, I wasn't with them. I was in my office all the time. And, uh, you know, I, I burned out by the end of 2020. I was like, done. I was like, I'm, I'm done with real estate. I can't do this anymore. You know, I did not see an end in sight. I didn't know how I was going to retire. And, and uh, so I started looking for an exit strategy and um, eventually landed on the company that I'm with now, which is eXp, which is um, very structured towards building teams and, and things like that. And so um, it kind of got me back to my roots. You know, I'm like, okay, great. I can actually teach again, but I can do it in real estate as opposed to doing it with uh, in public education. And so um, so I got reinvigorated with real estate and started pursuing that. But once again, you know, I don't know if you guys can relate to this. I'm sure you can for some of your listeners. Uh, I'm a champion of filling the space. So once again, I started cramming as much as I possibly could on my plate. So I finally got to the point where I was writing my next book, um, trying to book speaking engagements. I was running my team. I was growing my team. I was facilitating real estate transactions. I was co coaching my son's basketball team on and on and on and on and on. I could continue to list all of these things that I had on my plate that I felt like I had to do so much so that I got to the point that I just, once again, I mean, I, I never was not burned out that whole time. I've just burned out, just stressed out, frustrated, irritated, not sure what's next. Um, and so one day I, I look at my wife, this was in 2022, mid 2022. I looked at her and I said, you know what? We could sell all of our assets right now and move to Costa Rica and be retired. <laughs> and I was dead serious. Like I was ready to do it. Like, let's just be done. And she was like, well, We've never been to Costa Rica. I've got a, I've got a counterpoint. <laughs> what if we just visited first and then we see how it goes? And I was like, fine, we'll do that. So we we ended up booking a five, almost six week trip in Costa Rica that I just got back from about two months ago. So beginning of the summer, we went to Costa Rica and we were there for about five and a half weeks. We spent 10 days kind of bouncing around to uh, doing the touristy thing. And then we got to spend four weeks in a little tiny town called Tarcales, which is a very poor fishing community in Costa Rica. And it was just one of the most amazing experiences of my entire life. And, um, <clears throat> you know, there was, there was, it, 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 it completely changed my life. You know, I've come back a, a totally different person, um, because of my time in Tarcales. And so that's kind of where this, this came on. I came back from, from Costa Rica and I was like, Kevin, I want to, I want to be on your podcast and, and share my story and what I've learned, um, through my kind of this, this 
process of just burning the candle on both ends and then, you know, um, kind of having a new perspective on things after my trip to Costa Rica. Awesome. That was a great summary of how long <laughs> of your life. <laughs> right. Um, well, that's like 20 yeah. years. <laughs> right. But yeah, it's a quite a transformation. I'm excited to hear more of, because I know you shared already with me, like what had transpired for you, but Chris does not know. And obviously our listeners do not know, but uh, to dive deeper into what you discovered. Yeah. So <clears throat> once again, I'll try to give the the, the synopsis here. <clears throat> Excuse me. So when we first arrived in Tarkales, um, it was culture shock to say the least. So our friends bought this motel down there and they were halfway done with the renovations on it. So it was not ready for the public, but it was a friend of mine. He said, yeah, you can come down and stay. They were supposed to be there when we got there, but they called the day before we arrived and said, hey, we have a family emergency. We're going back to the United States and we probably won't be back until after you guys leave. And we're like, okay <laughs> we, our spanish is not great nobody in tarkley speaks english like hello like okay like no english um so <clears throat> we pull into the hotel the groundskeepers obviously speak no english they're showing us to our room they walk us upstairs we i i i grab the handle on the first door that they take us to and the door just pushes open it doesn't latch it doesn't lock. It just, it's just a, a wooden panel that swings open. You know, we go into the bathroom. I open up the toilet seat. There's a toad in the bottom of the toilet, you know? So I close the seat. I go back out to the groundskeeper. I'm like, I don't know how to say frog in Spanish. Like, just come here. You know, we open up the toilet seat and there's nothing there. And she just shrugs her shoulders and flushes the toilet. And we're like, okay, welcome to Costa Rica. You know, I texted my buddy later. I'm like, dude, there was a frog in the toilet. He's like, Oh yeah, that happens. They get in the plumbing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, okay. Um, so this is our our very first, you know, kind of introduction to this place. You know, the 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 pool's a little dirty, and you know, there's there's no hot water. There's one room that has hot water. There's no hot water in the kitchen. The roof fell in on the kid's bed one night when they weren't there. It was when we were eating dinner. It fell in. We went to put them to bed, and the whole ceiling's on the on the bed. I mean, it's, it's rustic to say the least. Right. But <clears throat> man, the, the, that hotel, by the way, was, we were living like royalty compared to the rest of this community. And most of the people have, um, steel like roofing that, that paneling, that's like the sides of, of a lot of their houses. The house like directly behind this property um, has kind of has plumbing, but like it's all exposed. Like the kid comes out of like a little curtain behind and like goes to the bathroom behind the house, you know, like so. So it's very, 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 rust, uh, very uh, um, uh, nearly third world. You know, a lot of them don't have TVs, all that kind of stuff. So, so we're at this hotel and, it, and for us, it seems very rustic, but for everybody else, like this is a really nice hotel, right. In, in, in that community. And once again, nobody speaks English, but could not be nicer. I remember walking, going on a walk with my kids when we first arrived and everyone sees this six, five white guy with two kids, you know, walking down these alleyways in this neighborhood, tourists don't go to this neighborhood. So 
people were like like coming out of their houses and like hey how's it who are you you know and of course we can't really communicate with them but we tried and everybody was so nice so friendly um they all wanted to help and so the first thing that really stood out to me is is how simple their life is and and i equated that back to the life that i'm living here in the united states where it's like okay you need to do more, be more, get more, have more, whatever it is, like more, 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 more. Like it's never good enough. It's, you know, it's never fast enough. It's never far enough. It's, it's just push it, everything, always. And in Costa Rica, it's about simplicity. You know, Dago, the, the, the head of the household for the, the family that took care of the property, every morning we'd wake up with the sun, we'd, we'd walk out of our, our room, and Doggo is is out there raking leaves, cleaning the pool, doing just, you know, whatever chores we'll say he needed to do for the property. And every morning I'd walk up to him. Como esta, Doggo? Pura vida, pura vida. Every day, this giant smile on his face, just in a great mood, the nicest guy. Um, and, you know, him and his family, they ran this little pulperia, which is basically like um uh, Costa Rican version of a 7-Eleven, right? They've got like little snacks and and uh, some kind of household goods and things like that. They run that. People come by, buy things here and there. You know, they don't do a ton of business and then they take care of this property. That's what they do for a living. So they probably work three hours a day, four hours a day, maybe. And the rest of the time they spend with their family. They sit outside, they eat a lunch, at dinner, everyone sits outside. You can hear people all through the community just talking to each other and laughing with their family. They go to bed at nine o'clock, 9.30, wake up at the sunrise and they do it again. See, what's, what's, what's valuable to them is time with the family, community, and a simple life that still provides what, what we need to survive and that's it. And so that really struck me, just the simplicity of the whole thing. And it got me thinking like, okay, how do I implement simplicity in my life here in the United States? So that was, that was one of my really big takeaways. And one of the things that I'm, I'm going to always be continually working on and trying to simplify. The other thing is, <laughs> can I cuss? <laughs> you don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything, right? Like, I realized out there that I had so much pressure on myself to do all of these things. So it kind of ties into the simplicity thing, right? Is do more, be more, get more, all of these kinds of things. I finally realized I don't have to do any of that. I don't, I don't have to be a team lead. I don't have to be a real estate agent. I don't have to make a bunch of money. I don't have to do any of it. And it, I gave myself permission to take everything off of my plate and then slowly add things on with this simplicity mindset kind of in place where it's like, okay, so I'm going to add one thing and let it ride for a little bit. Then I'll add another thing and let it ride for a little bit. So, so I, I, I was, I'm committed to not like just piling it back on and getting back into the same rigmarole that I was, that I was, you know, dealing with before. So, and, and I think that that's something that's really, really, really hard by the way, to mm. like, live by here i fall into the trap all the time oh, i have to do this and i have to do that and i have no you don't <laughs> you really don't so so that was my my other big takeaway and then and then the last one is and um is life happens in the space 
So I finally had an opportunity. Guys, I'm I'm 43 and I hadn't just sat and listened to music and just relaxed in 15 years and just given myself the opportunity to just do nothing. And um, I did that in Costa Rica for the first time in a long time. And I was just like, oh my goodness, I have been missing this. This is uh, this has been missing in my life. I meditate in the morning and I do that kind of thing. But this was different. This was like actually creating space in my life. I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't meditating. I wasn't taking a nap. I was doing nothing. And there was no intention. It was just nothing. And um, I have learned since I've been back, I'm like, I'm creating more of that space when I get back. Like I am doing that and I have been doing it. And the cool thing is, that's when I get creative ideas. That's when I figure out my problems. That's when these weird things pop into my mind. I'm not even thinking about it. And I'm like, oh, that's brilliant. Or I never thought about that. Or, you know, that's where life happens is in the space. And so those are the, those are the three big takeaways um, that I got from it. Um, simplicity is key to a peaceful life. Um, life happens in the space. So give ourselves some time to do that. And we don't have to do anything. You know, we, we have the opportunity to change our perspective around the things that we do on a daily basis. And uh, we can change the perspective to these are the things that I want to do rather than feeling like we have to do all these things where we're in like a prison, you know? Right. Yeah, that, that, that last point about life happens in the space and giving yourself that time to do nothing. It's kind of funny because I, um, I was on, um, I was browsing the internet today and I came across this post um, from a TED talk. And I think it was this neuroscientist and she was talking about how we just need to give ourselves some time to like, even if you're at work, just to actually stare out the window and do mm -hmm. nothing because, and she was talking about that it sets your brain back into this like default mode where like, which is the normal mode that the brain is supposed to be in just like having ideas allowed to enter. And it like opens up this creativity that you wouldn't have had even if you were trying to be creative. It's like just allowing the brain to just do nothing. And it kind of sounds like that's what you were speaking to a little that's, bit. That's awesome. I want to hear that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I experienced. I just don't understand the neuroscience behind it. I would love to hear that talk. I'll have, to, I'll have to go back in my um my my history and see if I can find it. But it was, it was, so, it was so interesting. I was like, wow, because that, that makes a lot of sense to me. And I think like another thing that resonated with what you were saying about that was even when you were saying I wake up in the morning and I meditate, it's like you had an intention behind the meditation. It was like you're still trying to to get something from it. Yeah. Whereas like other state, it kind of sounds like there was no intention. It was just I'm just going to be. And in that state, like you were very creative and you found that it was this different state than meditating and that I thought that was really cool too because that, that resonated with me a lot yeah and, and and that's that's the odd thing about it right because I thought when I was meditating that was me like doing nothing or whatever you know what I mean um but I never really got the value out of actually doing nothing until I just completely 100% shut it down and let go of the intention for a short period of time it's been Man, like would you would you speak to how to do that? Like how you found to do that? Because like you said, I think you said it, but if not, I think this is a common experience that it's difficult to do that, which is kind of a paradox. It's like, you don't have to do anything. That means literally, I mean, how might not even be like, there might not even be an answer to that, but I'm curious your process or what you discovered to do that or to, to do the, the not doing. To, to not do the, 
doing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so this is the conundrum, right? This is, and, and to be honest, I'm still kind of figuring it out because I don't like using the word balance, but there is, there's, there's like a, a, like a play between this concept of like doing stuff and then not doing stuff. How do you, how do you produce? Because I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a, I'm a driver. Like I'm a, I'm a D right on the, on the disc profile. Like I need projects. I need things like that's what I love to do. Right. So how do you balance that type of drive with doing nothing? And, you know, what, there's a couple of things that, that I've been playing around with that have been, that have been working for me. Number one, when I looked at the way that they operated in Costa Rica, there was no weekends. Like, yeah, on Friday and Saturday night, they might stay up a little bit later, or maybe hear somebody playing some music or or something like that, but they're still in bed by 10 o'clock, maybe, maybe 11, right? It's, it's not like our lifestyle here where it's like Monday through Friday, grind it out for the weekend. And then I'm going to, I'm going to relax on the weekend. (laughs) You know, it's like every single day they have projects, they have things to do. They've got whatever. So they work two to four hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. But every day is so much more chill and relaxed and, and not stressful. Right. So I said, okay, how can I implement that here into what I'm doing? And so that's what I've been, that's one thing that I've done, right. Is shorten my days make them really condensed for two to four hours and then give myself permission to take the rest of that time off for me, go hit golf balls, play basketball with my kids, take a nap, get my quiet time, you know, where I'm just being and doing nothing, sit outside, go for a walk, whatever it is. I feel like doing in that moment, giving myself that opportunity, that permission to be able to take the space because in the past, I never gave myself permission. Every time I sat and watched a football game, I'm beating myself up for it. Dude, stop being lazy. Get up, go do something. You could be doing something better with your time. What's wrong with you, right? I'm berating myself. I finally gave myself permission <clears throat> to be able to do that. And what I'm finding is that by simplifying my life and getting rid of all the stuff I had all, remember I had all these things on my plate. Well, when I was in Costa Rica, I got rid of a lot of it and reframed my perspective on a lot of it. And so then I had less things that I had to do. I was focused on a small few. And so I was really dialed in on, I have been really dialed in on a few small things as opposed to a whole bunch of them. So that simplicity really helps me kind of shut it down. Um, focusing small helps me shut it down and, um, giving myself not only permission to take time off, but giving myself permission to work on the weekends, right? Because I was also weekend worrying. It's like, I'm not supposed to work on the weekends. So it's like I cram everything in five days and then I try to recover in two. It doesn't work. Right. So I'm trying to do more of like a daily thing. Like what can I do on a daily basis? That is a lifestyle that I want to do that gets me where I need to go, but I'm not grinding it out every single day. Does that make sense? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I think that. Go ahead, Kevin. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, I think the the biggest thing that I took from that is, is giving yourself the permission to do that. Cause I think that's where a lot of people get tripped up is it's like, it's almost like a mindset thing. 
it's like, for example, when you were saying you were watching football and you had this, like, oh, I feel like I'm wasting my time or I feel like I should be doing something else in my time. It's that idea of what you think you should be doing. It takes you out of the moment of actually just being there doing that thing. And it almost defeats the entire purpose. And then you end up watching the football game and you're like, oh, like, I didn't even enjoy that. So it's like giving yourself that permission is huge. And that's something that I'm I'm trying to work on as well for myself, because I feel like I'm a little bit similar to you, where anytime I have any kind of downtime, if I'm like, oh, I should just read this book. I'm like, what is this book? Like, what is this book giving to me? Like, how is this helping me grow? And I feel like I hate when I have that type of mindset, because it's so hard to relax in that type of mindset. Mm hmm. Well, and that's and and I would I would imagine that a lot of people watching this can relate 100% to what it is that you're talking about. Um, I feel like that's just something that's kind of woven into our culture. And I'm not saying that it's a bad thing, because we have the best doctors, we've got an abundance of food and shelter, and we have everything that we need in abundance here. And it's because of that mindset that that built that, right? But at some point, I think we need to kind of temper that a little bit, right? It's time to start looking at it and saying, okay, this is great. How can we still create a good lifestyle for ourselves and for our family and enjoy the ride while we're doing it? Because like you said, I, I can totally relate to that. I'm watching the football game. I don't have fun because I'm beating myself up while I watch the game. So then I get up from the game and go do work but I'm resentful that I have to do the work because I'd rather be watching the football game than I'm not letting myself watch. Like it makes no sense. It's exhausting. <laughs> so by giving ourselves permission to just take time off and not to not fill the space, um, man, we can serve so much energy when that happens because we're not fighting against ourselves. And then when it comes time to work, I've found that for me, I'm more energized to do the work because I'm like, I feel refreshed. I feel rejuvenated. I'm like, I'm done sitting down. I want to get up and go do something. Not because I feel like I have to, but because I'm like ready. Totally different mindset. And it makes me more effective at what I do. So I can accomplish more by doing less, which I never understood that concept until this experience, you know? Really powerful. And yeah, I want to speak to just, I can, I do my best to be like a devil's advocate for these different points, because I know that there's listeners in any very different aspects or like ways of living life. But I think we can all take something from your story, but just to play the devil's advocate for someone who might be listening, thinking, well, yeah, that's easy for you to say, Dan or Kevin or Chris, like, but I, and then have like their opposite of like, well, I have to pay the bills, have this job, like. I don't, I don't, I'm not an entrepreneur, but I think a key point to really key, like hone in on is that it's not a matter of the circumstances you're facing, but to take the principle and see how you can apply it into your life, even in small ways. Because I, I think what you're sharing is brilliant and it can be applied by anyone in any walk of life, no matter what's going on. And that to really challenge their own thinking is just a shift in perspective, but to really challenge that kind of resistance to this, because I think that might be part of the pattern that, that's actually stuck the right. part of ourselves that is like oh no easy for them to say but not me yeah so for anyone listening i really encourage you to dive into this because it's liberating yeah absolutely and it's and it's case by case right, right. um this is I, I love this question and and this is probably one of the most common questions that i get is like yeah well Listen, you 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 know built a real estate business up to the point that you can spend five weeks in costa rica right that's true. Um, 
but I was also very intentional about it, you know, so, so anybody can create that first of all, but let's say you're working a nine to five and taking five weeks is just not a, an option. Um, you don't have the money for it. You don't have the time for it. So it's like, okay, great. So how do I implement this into a nine to five kind of situation? Well, there's, there's a couple things that play into that. Number one is clarity around what it is that you really want. You know, for me, what I want is I want peace. And so if I'm doing anything in my life, I can always ask myself, is this adding to my peace or taking away from it? And that makes it really easy for me to make a decision about whether I should or shouldn't be doing something, right? So um, so that's one thing is, is gaining the clarity. You know, if you're working a nine to five job, why are you working that job? What's the point? Okay, is it just to put food on the table? Is it possible you need to go get a different job? Like if you're that unhappy, should you be doing something else, right? You have to be willing to to ask those kinds of questions to to create the life that we want, right? We have to be willing to do that. But so that's part of it, right? Is figuring out what we want, why we want it, what do we value? If you want peace in your life and you're like, I like my job well enough, I don't want to quit it. It provides for my family. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep doing my job. Then the question becomes, okay, great. So you want more peace. You want more simplicity. You want more whatever it is in your life. Then the question becomes, how do you integrate that with whatever your life is right now? If your boss makes you go from nine to five every single day and you have to be in the office, Chris, you said it perfectly. At what point during the day can you just stop and stare out the window for 15 minutes? Nobody will even know you're doing it, but you're taking that space. You're working what you want into the lifestyle that you have. And so then once again, it's about kind of, we're, we're like taking control back of our own life by working these things into our scenarios. So there's always excuses. Yeah, well, you can do this, but it's easier for you and yada, yada, yada. Well, if this is what you really want, then there's ways to do it. And there's there's people like you guys and myself who can help you figure out how to integrate these things into your life so that you can, instead of weekend worrying it, it's like you're kind of working these things in seven days a week, 365 days a year. It becomes a lifestyle, right? As opposed to like some kind of plug and play, quick fix kind of thing. It's about changing the way that that our perspective around our work, our perspective around our relationships, our perspective around all of these things. Once we can reframe our perspective, then we can start changing our behavior, changing our activity, and we can actually plug it into any lifestyle, if we really are intentional about it. Definitely. Thank you for adding those words because it's, I think, really important to see how we can all apply this no matter what situation we're in. And I'm curious then to hear your perspective as well, since you're talking about perspective shifts. What would you say is like the most beneficial thing that has happened for you now in the last couple of months since you've been implementing this? Most beneficial thing? That's a good question. <laughs> um. Cause I'm really trying to get to like, well, why would anyone want to try this out? Cause Man. it might not be easy. Um, yeah, it's okay. It is, it is easy and it isn't, <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, there's a lot of pressure, um, going counter to this kind of mentality. Right. And I, I am the kind of person when I draw the line in the sand, like it's drawn and I will fight to the very end to like defend that line. And I drew a line in the sand. I said, I'm not going back to my, my old lifestyle. And even with that, man, there is pressure 
to what, what are you just going to sit around and look at the stars all day? You know what I mean? <laughs> you got to work. You got to do stuff. You got to make stuff happen. You got to go get it. There's a lot of pressure. And so that's been one of the biggest challenges is continuing to remind myself like, okay, this is what you want. You don't have to do that. This is what you want. You don't have to do that. Right. The biggest thing that that's that I've taken away from it, man, is gosh, I I have never been happier, more energized. Um, you know, there's still room for improvement, but man, it feels good. Like if you've ever gone backpacking and you're carrying like an 80 pound pack on your back and when you take that pack and you set it down on the ground and you're just like, oh man, that feels good. Like it feels like that. It's like this load has been lifted off of my shoulders because I don't have to carry around the internal fight anymore. I don't have to carry around everybody else's expectations of me anymore. Like I've let that go. This is where I'm going. This is what's important to me. I want peace. I want joy. I want simplicity. I'm going to go get it. And and through that process of just like trying to figure it out, which is it's an experimentation, um, I've unloaded a lot of stuff. And as, every time I unload something, I just feel a little bit lighter, a little bit better. And I'm just going to continue doing that. And we'll see where the path takes me, you know? That's awesome. I'm happy for you, Dan. Seriously. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> happy for your happiness. <laughs> right. <laughs> Still work to do though, right? right. Still work to do. But man, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's been great. I think that's also a key point that you brought up that I feel like really, Kev, like marries your work really well too with this. It's like knowing what you want. And I feel like a lot of people don't really have an idea of what they want. And when they don't have an idea of what they want, they tend to, um, I guess, take on the wants of society around them. So it's like, I feel like a lot of people are go, 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 because they're not really sure if they want to slow down, or they're not really sure what they want. And so they adopt the society's mentality of go, go, go. And so what it sounds like you were saying is that you actually took a, the, a pause and were like, no, this is what I want. And you drew that line in the sand. And that's helped you with a lot of the external pressure that you've been feeling. And so I think that's super important for people to realize is that it really does take that intention of like this is the life that i want to live knowing that you're probably going to get some external pressure but staying true to that decision right well and and <clears throat> number one coaches that's what they're here for <laughs> is to help us figure that out. it is so hard to figure that out on our own we're just going to spin in circles we don't know what we don't know right so having a coach in your corner to help you figure that out is huge um but here's here's another thing. So my wife's experience um, is is different from mine, obviously. But when we stand side by side and we're talking to people and they're like, how's Costa Rica? I'm like, it was life changing. My wife is like, it was I mean, it was all right. You know, like it was it was not easy. <laughs> and um, one of the biggest struggles that she had when she was out there is she's even better than I am at filling in the space. Oh, there's some space. Let's cram it with something. Right. And, and I've always kind of joked around with her and given her a hard time for it. But when we were in Costa Rica and we actually had nothing to do, literally there, where do you go? There's no shopping. We already went to the beach twice. You sit and you look at the trees and a macaw flies by and like, that's, that's it for hours. 
that was excruciatingly painful for her. And, and I think that that is, um, I, I think that that kind of demonstrates how a lot of people feel. And, and I can totally relate when we sit and do nothing, something triggers in us that like, like an anxiety, like, uh, I gotta go do something. I gotta, what am I doing? What, what was What's next? Like, it, it's almost like it's ingrained in so many of us that when we start to feel that it's almost like an, like an addict, right? Like I feel itchy. Like I gotta go do something and we fill the space and then we fill the space and we fill the space and we fill the space and we fill the space. And whether it's TV, phone, work, uh, sports, whatever it is, we fill the space. And, and it's so uncomfortable sometimes to sit there and just do absolutely nothing that it's easier to just get up and go fill the space than it is to, to do that and deal with that uncomfortableness. And I think that that's what happens to a lot of us. Then we get into a habit of that and we don't have any space left in our life. Like if, if somebody's watching this and they're serious about this, they're like, yeah, I want to create more space in my life. Get ready. It's weird. It's hard. It's uncomfortable. It is. It's like stretching a new muscle and you're like, oh, that hurts. And you just got to kind of, I'm not doing anything right now. And, and be okay with not doing anything. Um, so that, that, that's the hard part <laughs> a lot of times. I, I know, you know, when you, when you were in Costa Rica, like a lot of that, um, not space filling time, um, sounded like it was forced, right? Cause there was nothing to do. So mm -hmm. now that you're, has there been times where it's been very hard where you're like, all right, I'm going to take space and your mind still kind of like jumps to wanting to fill it and you have to kind of bring it back over and over. Yeah. But it's, it's like practice with anything, right? It gets yeah. easier over time. So, um, the more I practice it, the easier it gets, but, uh, yes. And, and not only that, I have to be very, very, very conscious. So it's like my son's learning how to play basketball, right? So when we're working on his shot, it's like, okay, your hand goes here, get your elbow in, spread your fingers out it's, and everything. And we were looking at it and we're making sure everything looks perfect. And then we take a shot, right? It's very slow. It's very methodical. Um, but then over time, he'll get to the point where now that's easy. Boom, we got that form down. Now we can start working on something else. So this is kind of like that, right? So I have to be very intentional about it. I have to like really say like, oh, I haven't given myself space today or yesterday that I'm not okay with that. I want to do this and I'll, I'll find a way to make it happen. And um, so I put things in place, right? you know, scheduling the time and and that kind of thing, putting less on my plate, right? I'm just really, really intentional about it. And so it's getting easier. But um, yeah, man, it's it's still it's it takes work. I'm, I'm still learning how to do it. It's it's not perfect. And it's never done, you know, and and my mind does go sometimes. Um, and when it starts drifting, I let it. I'm not doing anything. I'm not controlling anything. I'm just closing my eyes, turning on some music, sitting on the couch. I'll go sit outside, look at the mountains and whatever comes up, comes up. That discomfort you were talking about, Dan, 
just remind me of, um, I think we all know this in the context of growth or doing something new, accomplishing some dream, like, like that it's in a different context of like going for something that we've realized that the discomfort is actually good. It's us getting outside of our comfort zone so that we're growing. It sounds like it's the same exact concept, same, same exact principle, only in the space of doing nothing, which right. is fascinating though, because you are still going outside your comfort zone to grow in a way, but it's in a much more, uh, what's the word for it? I mean, it's a feminine way. In fact, like the masculine is like the driver, do it, go for it, make decisions, think versus the feminine is like, relax, do nothing, like receive, be receptive. And so there's still that discomfort side of it. It's like, you're growing, you're going outside of your comfort zone. It sounds like, but it's by doing nothing, which is fascinating to hear. It's kind of ironic, right? Right. Part of why I'm I'm talking about this so much now is because when I came back from Costa Rica and I just started having conversations with people about this, they were like, I want that. I, mm -hmm. I want I want more of that, right? And so people are starving in this country for doing less, which should be so easy. Right. <laughs> but the ironic part is it's actually easier to stuff our time and our space with everything than it is to stop doing stuff which is super ironic. <clears throat> People want to just do nothing, but they don't give themselves permission to do nothing. You know, right. my, so my, my wife, you know, I, I talked about her experience about how it was excruciatingly painful for her to just do absolutely nothing. And so when we came back from Costa Rica and, and, you know, she had this, it wasn't a negative story, but mine was like mind blowing. And she was like, well, I was, you know, it was pretty hard. It was really rustic. And like, you know, she downplayed it a lot. And I'm like, why are you doing that? And finally, it, got, it came out. She's like, I think I figured it out. I was so uncomfortable with doing nothing that it actually made me unhappy. Mm. Then she said, because she was fighting it, right? <clears throat> and then she said that now that she's back and she's realized this, she's, she's actually started doing it too. She's nice. giving herself permission to take the space. And now it's creating more peace in her life and more happiness in her life. It was the fighting against doing nothing that was making her unhappy. And when she finally just gave herself permission to chill, it starts working. I need right? that as a tagline on a shirt. Give yourself permission to just chill. Right. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> New slogan, trademark that. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Hmm. It honestly makes sense given you can just like think about growing up in America, like giving yourself permission to do nothing is literally the opposite of everything that we've been taught. Mm -hmm. Started to walk, I guess. Like it is always like it's like whenever you accomplish something, there's always something else to accomplish. Right. Uh, I, I read this book, um, Dan. I don't know if you've you've read it. It's called uh, Four Thousand Weeks, and no. it's a, yeah, and it's a it's a it's a book by this guy who was really, for lack of a better word, like anal about his time management, until he realized that like the more he tried to manage his time, the worse it actually got because there was always something to fill the space. Like as you were saying, he uses that term as well, 
where it's like the more he tried to to organize his schedule and the more he tried to like plan things out, the more things he had to plan and the more like out of control it got. And he was talking about this idea that we're always trying to get somewhere. And because we're always trying to get somewhere, we're always so future focused that we forget to actually live in the present moment. And life is just, it becomes this like um, series of next until right. there isn't. And then you realize, wow, I should have taken the time to enjoy the actual process and enjoy what I like, you know, the process of getting here versus actually getting here. Very yeah. interesting. I mean, so much comes up for me while you, <laughs> while you're talking about that book, you know, I, <clears throat> I look at Doggo who took care of the property and um, first of all, there was no next. And this was something that I, I, I talk about a lot too, is <clears throat> there's no over there. Like they're so present. So Doggo had been to obviously the, the town we were in and then Hako, the closest town, and then two other cities in Costa Rica. That is the only traveling he had done in his entire life. And he was probably 65. He lived with his, his entire family lived in Tarkale. Some of them lived with him. The other ones were next door. You know, there's no like next, 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 next. Like what's next? Okay, how can I, they didn't take their, their pulperia and go, okay. Now, how do we open up one up on this corner? And then and then we'll open up two more over here and we'll hire all these employees and we'll do this and we'll do that. Da, 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 da. That wasn't even, it's not even part of their thought process. They're just totally present. He wakes up, cleans the leaves, hangs out with his family, and he's happy. Now, there is a flip side to this, right? Everything's a double-edged sword. I was so grateful when we were in Costa Rica that we didn't have to go to the hospital. I didn't know what they would look like. I didn't know if we'd get good care. Here, we have that. You know, um, <clears throat> we have a, the day we were born into this country, no matter how crappy our upbringing was, you know, or, or anything, or how much we wish our parents would have done this or that or whatever. With the day we were born in this country, we had it better than nearly the entire world, you know? So we're good. And we have that because of our go, go, go mentality. It is what built this country. It's what makes this country amazing. But there's a double-edged sword. There's a, there's a flip side to that. There's a reason why there's so much depression in this country. There's a reason why there's so much anger in this country. There's a, and, and frustration and, and overwhelm and all of these things. There's a reason. There's a reason that they don't have all the stuff there. They don't have all the amenities, all the things that we have that make life easy here. They don't have that in Costa Rica. So I believe that there's a way to meld the two. What if we could be drivers, but do it with the mindset of a Costa Rican <laughs> where, where it's not about the end goal. It's about the journey. It's about getting up, raking the leaves, cleaning out the pool, hanging with your family, getting stuff done, but not killing ourselves for it. You know, they, they don't work because they're trying to create something necessarily. You know what I mean? They're not like, like driven to go build something bigger. I, I say that very generally speaking, but you get what I'm saying, right? They're working because they need to survive. So they do what they need to do and then they call it a day. So that's the other end of the spectrum. There's a middle ground in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. And and I I I 
it's a bold statement, but I truly believe that if we can find that middle ground, that is where the magic is going to come from that is going to solve the mental health issues that we have in this country and and you know all of that kind of stuff because it's the drive 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 nonstop stuff that i believe is is really just driving people into the ground it's, it's time for a change it's time for a shift you know mm -hmm. how we approach our work and our lives yeah and by the way <clears throat> i'm not saying that uh like i love america the american dream drive all that it's awesome it's beautiful it's necessary. Um, so I'm not saying by any means that that's bad. I'm just saying if we can bring a little more attention to it, a little more awareness around how we're acting within that type of mentality, maybe we can still create a lot, but enjoy our lives a little bit more while we do it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think there's a middle ground for everything. Yeah. And that, you know, I mean, to echo your point, there's so much, uh, and this is, we have listeners all around the world, by the way, Dan, I don't know if you knew that, but so <laughs> I, I think this is a message that can go beyond the uh, United States um, and modern or developed countries. You know, right. I think it's a similar story for many different countries, but um, like, I think, I really believe that there is a, uh, a golden age we're coming into that as the driving mentality society and more masculine, like get stuff done, grow bigger. Like it doesn't have to go away, but to blend it with the feminine to create unity or wholeness or oneness. Like, I think that's where we're all headed and fascinating how uh, more Eastern philosophies and parts of our world, like they've known this for thousands of years, but um, to blend that now, I think is uh, where we're coming to. And hopefully we can create that. I have, I have hope, I believe, I have belief that it's possible. And like you said, Dan, like, for even just you having this awakening, like just so recently, it's like, we're on our way. We're doing this thing. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> well, people are hungry for it. Right. They're hungry for it. People want it. People are ready. Just like me though. I was hungry for it. I wanted it. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. And then I had this experience and I'm like, okay, I at least have a plan. <laughs> mm, right. At least I have some things I can experiment with. And the more people we have playing with it and experimenting it with it, it's only a matter of time. Right. That's beautiful. Well, thank you for sharing your story today, Dan. It's been inspiring. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's obviously something I'm pretty passionate about. So I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. Uh, anything you want to share in terms of how people can connect with you if they've been inspired by your story and what you share? Yeah, I would love to connect with people if anyone wants to talk about this more or how they can apply it to their life or whatever. Um, the easiest way to get in touch with me is just to email me at danielgomer1 at gmail, um, or you can uh, find me at uh, danshometeam.com or danielgomer.com. Sweet. Uh, so yeah, just reach out anytime. I'd love to connect with anybody that wants to talk more about this. So Great. We'll include those links in uh, email in the description of this episode. Right on. Thank you. Of course. All right, Dan, great talking with you. Uh, we're hanging out soon, so I'll see you tonight. We're having dinner <laughs> together. <laughs> we'll but, continue uh, the conversation. Exactly, yeah, but thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you. And that's it for today. So thanks for tuning in. We really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. So any questions, any comments, connect with us on Instagram personally at Kevin F. Carton. 
or at Chris J. Cart, or our podcast Instagram page at Science and Spirituality Podcast. And if you feel guided to, the one thing that we do ask is for you to please rate the podcast and also leave a review. This way we can reach more people and in that way impact more lives. So with that, we'll see you on the next episode.